0: listening to Driving Law, a podcast by Kyla Lee about all things related to the rules of the road. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Driving Law. I am Kyla Lee at Acumen Law, and with me, my co-host... Paul Doroshenko.
1: Hi, Kylo Lee at Acumen Law.
0: Yeah, well, you know, in case people forget,
1: they wouldn't forget at this point. You have a blue check mark.
0: I yeah. Well, this you've is made the first nine,
1: you've made nine dollars on the music this that we've posted. This is the first
0: podcast we've done since I got verified on Twitter. I think
1: no, I think we had one since one eh, well We, didn't we may talk not have about discussed it
0: verified on Twitter.
1: Maybe we didn't. But in any event, you're obviously famous. Your uh, your TikToks are flying off the charts. You were on uh, like three news articles yesterday. You were in global and yeah, and I was and,
0: on uh, news today Yeah,
1: again. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know how you have time to do all the lawyering with all the fame, but...
0: Oh my god, you sound like my critics on the internet. I
1: know, but I see that you do ten hours of lawyering every day, so...
0: Yeah, I came home and I wrote a written argument for a judicial review, and now I'm recording the podcast.
1: For the record, I have seen Kyla do TikToks, and uh, people seem to think that she spends a lot of time doing them. It takes her probably between five and seven minutes. Is that fair?
0: like what to film like three or four of them yeah 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 they don't take long and you put them in your drafts so you can save them and then you can you know on busy days when you don't have time to film them you can post them later
1: so you've got a few of them waiting for you at any given time
0: yeah which is why i'm always wearing the same outfit
1: (laughs) because you shot them all at the same time because i shot
0: them all at once and you know what that's fine
1: okay so that's how it happens I've been waiting for you to teach me the TikTok. I created my own TikTok account. I don't have any of the TikToks that are traditionally with the other music where I'm like dancing or singing or putting some insight in. But I haven't quite figured out the formula yet. I don't quite understand it.
0: The formula?
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Be relatable. Relate it back to your niche. And have fun.
1: There you go. I don't have a niche I just have. <laughs> well, then you need to, you need a niche. I have pain. I don't have a niche. Pain, pain have, is
0: pain have, is pain I have is universal. I have arthritis. That's relatable. I have arthritis. Is that my niche? <laughs> That's relatable yeah. for sure. Um, let's talk about driving law. Let's talk about driving law because there is so much to talk about, and I think the first thing, the thing that has been dominating the news headlines this week, has been yet another example of some fallout from ICBC's ridiculous no-fault system.
1: ICBC could be the ridiculous driver of the week this week.
0: Jesus, like I mean, the the issue that people didn't think about when everybody was like, oh, it's so great that ICBC's created this legislation that's gonna save us all sorts of money. And all the people that weren't drivers were like, oh drivers who are whining about this are just upset that they're uh that they're gonna have to, you know, not get big cash payouts from ICBC. Well, Now the chickens have come home to roost, Paul. And they're roosting on the cyclists.
1: I understand that. I saw the article. Somebody sent me a tweet about his tweet before it became an article.
0: Well, yeah. Yeah, that happened to me too. I kept getting tagged being like, comment on this. I was like, nobody wants my comment. They all hate me in the cycling community. And uh, they still hate me in the cycling community, but slightly less. I've never understood that. (laughs) Because I have a different opinion than them. So that makes me an enemy. My opinion does not correspond with what their opinion is. And they think that their opinion is the right opinion.
1: Meanwhile, you're out there on your bike pedaling like crazy.
0: <laughs> I rent to a cycle shop.
1: That's true. There's a cycle shop in a building that uh, you own.
0: Yeah. So, you know.
1: That's supporting the cycling community.
0: So, anyway, what happened in this case? This poor cyclist is riding along... He says that he stopped at a stop sign, that he signaled to turn left, he entered the intersection, the coast was clear. As he was making his left turn, boom, out of nowhere, truck smashes into him. He's very injured, like, cannot fully move his hand and never will again. Big plates in his arm, like, fucking serious, life-altering injuries. And ICDC, eventually sends him a bill for $3,700 asking for him to pay his portion based on his fault of the damage to the car that hit him.
1: Well, see, that's the thing. Like, I'm I'm thinking about this, and on the one hand, I found it disgusting when I looked at the guy's injuries and what he'd gone through. But did they find him at fault for the accident? Yeah. Is that what they're saying?
0: Yeah. So ICBC apportioned him, I think fifty percent or or something like that, at fault for the collision.
1: So this is a separate issue than than ICBC's cutting. This is ICBC finding him at fault and expecting him to pay, and you yeah. you being responsible for your well, what you do when you're on your bike.
0: But under the no fault system, like if it was a driver driver, yeah, and both were insured. Yeah. Under the no-fault system, it wouldn't matter how I C D C apportioned fault.
1: You wouldn't get a bill.
0: You wouldn't get a bill because your insurance would cover you. Okay. But because the cyclist is not insured, he gets the bill.
1: Now, wouldn't if he had a car and he had car insurance, wouldn't his car insurance cover him on his bike? No. That used to be the case, or at least I understood that to be the case at one point, because I sued a cyclist once. Mm-hmm. Or a pedestrian who was struck, Mm -hmm. an ICBC paid for it.
0: Okay, well, they don't cover it now.
1: Well, they didn't cover it now, or maybe he doesn't own a car.
0: They don't, because it used to be that um, the insurance followed followed the driver, not the vehicle, or whatever. The way they changed it, you're not covered if you have an insurance policy. What you need to have, if you are a cyclist, is an umbrella policy with your home or your renter's insurance.
1: So that was the next thing that I thought. And I don't know if this individual had considered it yet, but he could look at his home insurance policy. He doesn't even have to look at the policy. He can just contact home. his uh, <laughs> home insurance company and say, look, I, I think I have liability, personal liability insurance, um, and hope that they don't say, well, you do, except if you're in a vehicle. Because your home insurance policy... But he wasn't will,
0: in a vehicle. He was on, on a, a bicycle.
1: Yes. And then they'll try and classify it as a vehicle to not pay the 3700 bucks. Um, but the, your home insurance typically has, at least my understanding, and we're going back now 30 years ago in law school, uh, whatever, 25 years ago, um, was that your home insurance included public liability insurance. So personal liability insurance, rather. Yeah. So you were covered if you were walking down the street and you walked into somebody who was a concert pianist and they fell and broke their fingers. Yeah. And they sued you, you'd be covered.
0: Yeah. So not all home insurance or renter insurance policies have this, you have to have the optional umbrella coverage. So listeners, if you have a policy, which you should, because you live somewhere, so you should have a policy, um, phone your phone your people, your insurer, and make sure that you have the umbrella coverage. Call your peeps. Call your insurer.
1: So I don't know that this individual had done any of that because I think it just went out on Twitter and then it became a story and no. so he may be looking into those other options, but,
0: but here's the... But
1: boy, does it look bad for ICBC.
0: It looks bad for ICBC, <laughs> but it's really, like, from the legal perspective, this is basic tort law. If you are determined to have been negligent, you are liable. Now, ICBC doesn't make the dis- determination about negligence. They're essentially, what they're sending is a demand letter, right? Like, they're saying, you owe us this money. They don't They're not entitled to that money in the sense that they they can't just automatically collect it from him or garnish his wages. They would still have to go to court. They would still have to have a judge order that he has to pay that.
1: But they can suspend his driver's license if he doesn't pay it because they're ICBC.
0: Yes, that's the only thing that they can do is they can they can withhold renewal of his license.
1: Or car insurance.
0: Or car insurance. And that's how they get the power over you, but that's no different than like if McDonald's was suing you because you kicked in the window in McDonald's and then you tried to go to the drive-thru and buy a cheeseburger and they're like, no, you owe us for that oh, yeah, window. Oh yeah, there's
1: no difference because you've got like you need to have a cheeseburger in order to survive, get around and do your job and drive to work and so forth.
0: But he has options.
1: He could keep riding his bike. No. And then he could sue ICBC.
0: No, he can go. He first can of all, he, he can sued. write ICBC and dispute their determination of fault. Sure. Let's talk about yeah, fault.
1: Yeah, okay. Well, let's talk about fault, but I don't remember all the steps, but I know you can challenge that. And I know there's...
0: There's an lo- internal there, review. There are
1: lawyers in our office who do it. And, yes. In fact, Mr. Mr. Roy Hope.
0: And if and there's we, no other
1: lawyers I know who do it because nobody wants to do it.
0: Yeah, because it's a pain in the ass. But <laughs> you know what? Their internal process for challenging fault is... We should have Roy on for this. We should. Yeah. Um, their internal process for challenging fault is not terrible if you have a lawyer and you know your lawyer lays it out. ICBC often will make a more favorable determination. And this is because of the mechanism that ICBC uses to determine fault. So in situations where ICBC is, they get obviously the cyclist story, and we've all heard the cyclist story in the media, right? He says he did everything right. But as you know, there are two sides to every story, and then there's the truth.
1: Two sides to every pancake.
0: Yes. Um,
1: Flip it over, it might be too brown on one side. It mm-hmm. might be overcooked. Mm-hmm. The other side, it might be undercooked.
0: Yes. So the who knows what the other person involved in this collision, what the driver had to say about the cyclist and what happened and whether they ran a stop sign or whether they failed to signal. No or, wonder
1: the cycling community hates you. You should automatically, presumptively just accept the cyclist.
0: You're right. Yeah. The cyclist would never (laughs) lie. He's not motivated to lie. (laughs)
1: He's he's not in a car. So he must be a good person. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He's saving the environment. Bad people are in
1: cars. Yeah. Yeah. Good people are on bikes. They're saving the environment.
0: (laughs) It's like always the fallback. But the environment, like, this is not a trump card. You know, in Boston Legal, you never watched Boston Legal, but you should. There's a scene. It it was the story took place very close in time to 9-11, And so there was one scene where one of the lawyers went into court and he's doing his closing submissions and he manages to tie his client's case back to supporting the troops. And then he turns around and he says to his co-counsel, I made it about the troops. I win. (laughs) That's how I feel about cyclists when they pull out the, yeah, but the environment card. Like, they made it about the environment. (laughs) They win. So what? So, about
1: the time of the 9-11 is what you're saying. So, could have been before, could have been after.
0: Okay, so back to the cyclist and the driver. So, ICBC, they take the cyclist statement. They also take the statement from the driver and other information that they get. Maybe police reports, witness reports. Put it all in a hat. Shake it up. Okay. And don't don't be silly. Like, this is serious. No, I know, but This... this is how I feel about it often. No, but... At the end of the day, right, like they can't, you know, they're not going to expend massive amounts of resources investigating fault because very little turns for them on a determination of fault. Most of the time, they're still paying out the claim. So it doesn't really matter. In fact, in this case, they're paying out the claim. They're just trying to recoup some of that money from a person who they determined to be partially at fault. Fault is also not guided just by who followed the law and who didn't. Like there's so much more that goes into it because you can be in compliance with the law and still partially or even fully at fault for a collision because you can be negligent while still being lawful. Yes. I was found a third at fault for an accident I was in where I was following the law completely.
1: Completely and utterly.
0: And utterly. I know.
1: But you were not pleased with the dispute resolution process at ICDC when it came time to considering that.
0: No, I was not. But no. that doesn't matter. I didn't spend any, you know, particular energy because I had insurance, so it didn't bother me. Right? Like it just meant that I had to pay a third at fault. Yeah. Insur- insurance. It changed nothing about my life. Um, my insurance rates went up slightly later on when they changed the law.
1: Yes. Indeed. Yes. It did, and you were upset about that.
0: We talked about it on the podcast. I know. And,
1: and but I was upset
0: not <laughs> about the finding of the fault. I was upset that they changed the law. And so a decision I fact. made after the fact that I could no longer challenge.
1: That it's affected me because you're yeah. insured on my car Yeah. in case your car is in for service or what have you and my insurance went up because of you. Well. Because of ICBC changing the rules. After yeah. the fact.
0: Yeah. not because of me. You got a
1: raw deal. Raw deal, a deal. raw deal you got. I got the really raw deal because I didn't even get to be part of a decision-making process. Neither
0: that. did I. ICBC appointed me a lawyer and a lawyer conceded it. Hmm. So there was no, <laughs> I had no skin in that game. Anyway. You, you
1: had lots of skin in the game. Well, I didn't at the you time. You had no capacity to, or standing to challenge it, however.
0: Okay, so. I had
1: really standing. I mean, I'm just, I'm just like in the quicksand going under
0: this is a very white podcast tonight. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> Lots of analogies. <laughs> yeah.
1: We've got Quicksand. We've got Pancakes. Um, okay. we got Boston Legal.
0: and So trips. ICDC's looking at all of this, and they have to quickly make a determination that they know can be reviewed, but, but they don't need to spend the same resources that they would spend, say, if you phoned up and you said, somebody stole my car, and your car was found down by the Fraser River, on fire where they might be like okay i'm gonna get you in they're gonna get you to you tell me real
1: resources That's where true. your keys
0: were right because they're in that circumstance
1: i read another one this week that could have been a ridiculous insurance claim for the week i think maybe i sent it to you anyway.
0: in, in that circumstance they're worried about potential fraud but this oh, is well, that
1: was a Saskatchewan.
0: okay that was a we are yeah. off topic a lot here
1: sorry i was racking my brain trying to remember what it was
0: they're worried about a potential fraud in that circumstance. This is not that situation.
1: No, correct.
0: You're so, right. So I think people have this unreasonable expectation that ICBC is going to engage in all sorts of investigation and fault, whereas they're just going to take all the information. And if they have conflicting versions of events, they default to just going to split it.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: Yeah, they're like, you say but this uh, and you say that. Other
1: oh. insurance companies do that too. Yeah. I mean, ICBC, it's a bigger problem because it's ICBC representing one and the other. So there's no motivation at yeah. all to, to, uh, to angle up and, and potentially fight it. The problem with that is you persuade yourself that, oh, if we had competitive insurance with different companies, then they would want to fight for me. No, they don't because they, they make a deal on this one and a different deal on this one yeah. and a different deal on this one. And they know if they you know make a deal on this one, they're going to save some money on that one. Yeah. So they still don't fight for liability and which brings me to an opportunity that we've never thought about really following up on any further than we have and that is disputing liability in icbc cases we do them but we've never marketed them and there's no law offices that do them so if you're a young lawyer listening to the podcast and you're interested in doing that and you want to get started with a firm that has a good idea of icbc give us a call
0: give us a call we're hiring yes sure Not
1: really, but we'll consider it. We'd look at it.
0: Yeah. Um, But more important than this ICBC thing this week, Paul. Bigger. There is bigger news.
1: Bigger news that could slide under the radar and we may be the only people who recognize the peril to the people of British Columbia.
0: Well, it's not clear that there is peril, but... It's not clear what exactly the government is planning here. So they have introduced a Miscellaneous Statutes Amendment Act, and you know when they're amending lots of statutes all at once, there's something bigger in the wings.
1: It's usually evil. It's usually the government is setting up, I wouldn't say evil. That's (laughs) a hyperbole for truck protesters. It's usually they want to get away with something without people really noticing what they're doing.
0: So they're amending the Offense Act... And the Insurance Vehicle Act, as well as um, some, like, mining statutes that don't have anything to do with driving law. But the Offense Act changes significantly change the way that traffic ticket prosecutions would be done. Now, I think I sent this to you this afternoon, and I don't think you had a chance to read the bill yet.
1: I saw just the uh, article that you sent, and it didn't really speak to it, so I haven't read the legislation.
0: So, what's going to happen, and this is super weird... The government is going to change the way that traffic tickets are dealt with. And what they're saying, the words that they're coming out of their mouth are, we're going to make it easier for you to attend your traffic ticket hearing remotely, including dealing with them using electronic means. Which is fine, um, except for the fact that The actual, like, legislation does a lot more than that. So, listen to this and try and explain to me what the government is doing here, because I can't entirely figure it out. So, there's some new provisions that say that um, certain provisions that allow people to dispute a ticket do not apply to prescribed classes of violation tickets. The Lieutenant Governor and Council may make regulations respecting the provision of a notice of dispute for the purposes of subsection 1 uh, or 2D, and different regulations may be made under those subsections in respect of different classes of violation tickets. The Lieutenant Governor and Council may make regulations establishing classes of violation tickets Which classes may be based on one or more of the following? Enactments, offenses, enforcement officers, types of violation tickets, dates of completion of violation tickets, dates of service of violation tickets, or hearing locations. So, very strange.
1: Very strange.
0: Very strange. Because because they're
1: talking about empowering them to do things within regulations. Yes. And that is always the most frightening thing because the regulations don't go through any debate in the Legislative Assembly. They are just drafted by the government to facilitate legislation that they've passed. Mm -hmm. And it's frightening what governments do in regulations.
0: Look at these broad categories. They can essentially limit Mm -hmm. your dispute options based on who the enforcement officer is.
1: We got... We got Johnny, he's a super enforcement officer. We're going to make sure that he doesn't have to
0: go to, go tra- to traffic court?
1: court anymore. We'll just presume the people guilty and they can have a Zoom traffic court meeting.
0: Yeah. So that they
1: learn of their punishment.
0: That's very odd very to me. Odd. Um, and I know that like what they want to do is they want to create this dispute resolution process. You think you
1: know what they want to do.
0: Well no I I know they do because they say in in the amendments to section 15.2 that subject to the applicable rules of court in this section a hearing or appearance in relation to a violation ticket is to be held in person subject to the applicable rules of court the chief judge of the provincial court may direct that hearings or appearances in relation to violation tickets or a class of violation tickets or a class of violation uh, or, or to a class of hearings or appearances in relation to violation tickets Which classes may be defined by the chief judge be held by telephone, video conference, or other means of electronic communication. So the chief judge is now empowered to say this class of violation tickets are all going to be held by telephone or whatever. Oh
1: my gosh. So every traffic ticket where it's a ticket for having mud flaps that are too distant from the road.
0: Yeah. Yeah. If they're more than 20 centimeters
1: from the road, you can have a telephone hearing. If they're 10 centimeters from the road, if they're two centimeters from the road, you can have a full trial. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, empowering the chief judge is probably one of the safest things to do. Because you've got somebody who, again, skin in the game. Yeah. Doesn't really have any skin in the game except justice. And resources, I suppose. No. And parking.
0: Disputing the fine amount. Um, They're also changing Mm -hmm. ways that you can dispute the fine amount. So right now, if you want to dispute the fine amount, you can send in your written explanation of why your fine should be reduced. And you can send, or you can go to court. And if you don't send in a written explanation, you get a hearing date and you're expected to show up to court. Well, now...
1: The fine fine amount to me is always a, a bait and switch. but
0: They are prescribing a form specifically for disputing a fine amount.
1: To encourage people to plead guilty, even though they probably, in many cases, I don't think they should. Um, and I don't like the idea of it, but I understand it would reduce demand on the court, because a lot of people dispute the ticket, go to court, hoping the police officer doesn't show. The police officer is almost always there, and then they end up With the police officer saying, look, you can plead guilty and ask for a a smaller fine.
0: Now, the Lieutenant Governor and Council's also empowered to make regulations about fine amount disputes, including all of the things that can be considered in a fine amount dispute. So... They make, make regulations re- respecting the imposition on application of a fine in a lesser amount than the fine portion of the ticketed amount indicated on a violation ticket in consideration of the means and ability of the person to pay. Okay. Including providing for an application process, respecting whether a person may make the application, whether or not the person is disputing only the fine amount. So actually Wait, saying so whether we, you're allowed to dispute your fine You must
1: submit your tax returns before you can submit <laughs>
0: Respecting a person terminating a notice of dispute in order to make a, a fine amount of dispute instead, um, designating a person or class of persons who may decide on an application made under the section. So they're essentially working on a regulatory system that's no longer going to require judicial justices to decide. Applications for lesser fines—is
1: that what it's saying, or is yeah. it saying somebody else can go in and make Desi-
0: their- designated and designating any person or class of persons who may decide on an application? Oh, so it's adjudicators so
1: now. It's create
0: now. adjudicators who are going to determine whether to reduce your fine, respecting criteria under which an imposition or request for the imposition of a fine in a lesser amount um, may or may not or must be granted. So criteria that says whether or not you can actually have it granted. Like if you make more than $32,000 a year, you must not have your fine amount reduced Mm. or whatever the case may be. They can even regulate how much the amount can be reduced. Amount or percentage can be regulated. And respecting circumstances in which a person is considered not to have sufficient means and ability to enable the person to pay the fine. So they can essentially, like, create a
1: category because they don't want to have uh, judges or, or yeah. judicial justices dealing with it.
0: What if... But and
1: so they just create categories so it can just be done in the registry.
0: But it's going to be like a basically like a flow chart of who gets a fine amount reduction.
1: We'll get the, we'll get the
0: flow chart then. Well, yeah, obviously it's going to be in regulation. Yeah. But still, like, that there's no humanity to this process.
1: Humanity is being lost all through the justice system, Kyla. Yeah, I
0: know.
1: Now, I the, they, remember they did, they did a study in the U.S. So the of, ones... of judges compared to computers making decisions on credibility, yes, I know. and the computers were were far more accurate and correct, and judges were wrong all the time because they were influenced by.
0: Humanity by humanity. They're yeah, influenced well, by that's the person justice. In justice involves humanity, and I, I refuse to believe otherwise.
1: Well, I I but think Paul, a lot of women have got off tickets from crying.
0: Paul, focus. Well, that's the more, humanity. There are more important things to talk about here. Okay, in not your sexist assumption about women in tears, um, and that is that despite all of this, they have not included the power. To reduce a fine below the mandatory minimum.
1: Oh, so there's Which a is constitutional ridiculous. violation.
0: Ridiculous! Like why? Like the worst part about traffic court. If you were to ask judicial justices, the thing that they lament the most, I would think it would be, or at least in the top five, would be that there are mandatory minimums and you can't go below them for common offenses like speeding. And some people cannot pay $368 for their excessive speeding ticket.
1: I don't think that bothers that many of them. I think, I think bothers it bothers them. I think the thing that bothers them the most is free men of the land. Okay, well. And I think they're in the top five, all, all five categories.
0: I think that they don't include that. Now. Um, well,
1: let's do a Twitter poll. We'll ask if in, any judicial justices are reading our tweets, please in, vote.
0: Interesting that you mentioned that miscellaneous statutes amendments act are usually to do evil because
1: maybe this will just relieve us of free men of the land in the court
0: okay i want you to stay on topic you're very all over the place today and it's I'm starting to frustrate me tired um the there's a lot to talk about this is important yes it is the legislation has a drop dead clause meaning what This section, and this comes up in in about four other places in this bill, this section about fine amount disputes is repealed four days, or sorry, four years after the date it comes into force. And on its repeal, any regulations made under it, unless repealed earlier, are also repealed. So there could be a couple of uses
1: behind this. It could be to deal with the pandemic. Nope. It could be because they have another plan. Yes. It could be because the other plan will come into force in effect four years from the date.
0: Yes. Or it could be that they want to sell the public on, we're not going to do traffic court in court anymore, and it's not going to be justices anymore, but it's not what the liberals had proposed, that the public got all up in arms. Yeah, about that not we what promised, they're doing in Alberta. We promised on this podcast, Paul, that we would not do. And it's not what they were going to do in Alberta. They walked back because the public hated it. Plus, it automatically goes away in four years.
1: So we would have to reenact it.
0: We would have so the to people of British
1: Columbia would have to have an, we'll have an, an election. In, yeah. We'll have an election beforehand.
0: Yeah.
1: And people will be able to vote.
0: And it's definitely not the case that they could amend this legislation after it's passed to take out the drop dead date. That could never happen.
1: Through an omnibus bill like this. Sure. Yeah, so... So it's to avoid criticism, to evade mm-hmm. criticism. Well, we just, if the BC Liberals are listening right now, then mm-hmm. you, can, uh, you can take it from our podcast. There's a, your, your challenges to the legislation.
0: Now, here's the other important. Drop dead clause,
1: that's fascinating. You don't see that often. I yeah. remember talking about a law school.
0: Here's the other important part that also has a drop dead clause. You need to hear about this because you haven't read the bill. Lieutenant governor and council may make regulations respecting a conference that is regarding a dispute in respect of the allegation or the fine amount of the ticket held with or without a justice held before a notice of hearing or notice of interference is set under section 15 sub six. And they can regulate how these conferences take place um that uh, they can deal with the allegation or the fine amount they can designate a person or class of persons to act in the place of a prosecutor so yeah so you can not have crime counsel you can not have the officer you can have some government official to come and play prosecutor at a conference that is not in front of a justice either
1: and so they're but not, is in front they're of some other judge, public servant Crown. Mm-hmm. They're not a. They're not a uh, lawyer, but they're appearing for the crown,
0: mm-hmm. respecting who may, may not, or must attend a conference. Now, what do you think when you hear may, may not, or must attend a conference?
1: This is weird. First of all,
0: it's fucking weird. It's really fucking weird. It's weird. But you know what I hear when I hear may not.
1: Not or. lawyers. Yeah, you are going to set it up so you can't have a lawyer in.
0: In your conference.
1: Like they've done with the civil resolution tribunal. Yep. They're trying to oust lawyers.
0: They're trying to oust lawyers from traffic court. And and through this, they're trying to create the conference where you come and you meet with somebody and you just have a discussion about it. And do you know what happens at the conference?
1: You make admissions that you feel that you've admitted things, you're bullied into a deal. Mm -hmm. And then ultimately you end up with a conviction.
0: Why, yes, because... Uh, there are, they can regulate, they can regulate circumstances in which a prosecutor or person designated under the regulations to act in place of a prosecution, uh, and a defendant may enter into an agreement, resolving the matter, respecting agreements that may be entered into at the conference that resolve the matter subject to the approval of a justice and respecting the manner of approval by a justice of an agreement. So you can go to your conference. They can say, you can no longer plead guilty as registered owner. We've regulated that away. There is no registered owner resolutions anymore. It must go on your driving record. But what they are able to regulate is that you can plead guilty to offenses you didn't commit. That's actually in this legislation but they can substitute offenses even if they aren't lesser or included offenses.
1: Remember the police officer who pulled somebody over for yes! one offense and gave them yes! a ticket for something else as doing a favor yes! to them?
0: Bleeding the guilty off- to a seatbelt offense.
1: Yeah. I'll do you a favor. Here's just a seatbelt ticket instead.
0: This is fucking terrible.
1: Well, your driving record's not going to reflect what you actually did ever after that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I see constitutional violations all over the place here. Oh yeah. So we got a lot of litigation to do. Yep. This is fascinating, you know? Driving law is always fascinating. Yeah. It's fascinating that the government is always trying to jerk around with it. Um yep. the interesting thing is that the target is driving the lawyers, which is you and I, which yeah, I know. a, a how category do we, How
0: a, do we have a bullseye on my fucking forehead? I have been streamlining Justice in traffic court by coming to efficient resolutions, disputing a lot of tickets all at once. Like fuck there was, this.
1: There was no such thing as a driving lawyer until you and I created it. There was no ta- there was no category of a driving lawyer, and now because of us, there is. Re- it's referred to all over the place. If you went ten years ago, there was no such thing as a driving lawyer. Now people yeah. just refer to a driving lawyer, and it's like an attack on us and it doesn't yeah. feel like our profession is behind us at all. No. Um I don't really know what they want. They want, I don't know, they they think that lawyers who do securities law or represent big businesses should be able to charge more maybe. Um but they look at us as I don't know what until they need us.
0: Yeah, well that's the, yeah, they look at us as like the sort of like clients. bottom of the barrel scraping, you know, hacks who couldn't get a better job defending murderers.
1: No, I don't think it's that too. I don't think it's the. I don't think it's the we criminal, it's the criminal defense bar that's against Boring. us. I think it's. I think it's you know, civil litigators in highfalutin films, I, I, firms yeah. rather, um, and are just the profession as a whole. Yeah. Um, maybe your songs have been too popular, and they just <laughs> yeah, tell us about your popular songs. But
0: there is one saving grace here, Paul. And that is that a conference... I feel
1: persecuted, man.
0: A conference must be initiated by the person who disputed the ticket. So they can't force you into a conference. But they're going to have-
1: send them a letter saying, here, oh, here, you can you've have got a, a ticket. You can have a conference. You It'll don't be, have we'll to hold have a hands. lawyer. It's the same thing they did with the IRP scheme at the beginning. They tried to make it sound like we're all going to hold hands. Right. We're going to sing Kumbaya. They're going to give you your license. You're going to negotiate a shorter driving probation They're going to they're or gonna have like a that. public
0: servant Complete. that's going to act for the crown. And they're going to have a public servant that's going to decide what resolution you get bullied into by two public servants who just are really tax collectors for the government. And a justice, but a justice has to approve the resolution. But like... Because there doesn't need to be. Their hands are tied
1: at that point. It's a joint submission that you've signed off on. And
0: and there doesn't need to be a hearing or anything before the justice to approve it. The regulations can establish Ah. how they approve it, as in they can sign a form.
1: There's nothing either good or bad, but thinking makes it so. And we structure our society in this manner, assuming that it's right. The justice system has all sorts of problems. And this is just one more. Yes. Um, (laughs) And it's not that it's either good or bad. It's just what we have. Just what we have. Yes, It's incapable of dealing with many things, and many things it doesn't do well, and I don't think it's going to do this better.
0: Yeah, this is going to be um, very interesting, and uh, also I think there's one last thing that I think we need to talk about in this legislation, and that's that throughout the Amendment Act, one thing that they are doing is they're replacing... The word trial with the word hearing. And I know that most people are like, well, that doesn't mean anything, but everybody knows that every single word you pick in a statute is full of meaning. And taking out the word trial, they're deliberately taking out the word trial because they don't want you to think that it's the type of thing that you need to have a lawyer for. They want to make it less quasi criminal and more administrative calling it a hearing makes it an administrative process and i guarantee you that when we constitutionally challenge this by the way we're constitutionally challenging this um, when we constitutionally challenge this they're going to stand up in court and they're going to go it's it's all these criminal procedures don't apply this is a hearing it's administrative
1: yeah that's what they're going to argue that's what they're going to argue um you have a right to a trial in many circumstances, but you don't necessarily have a right to a hearing.
0: This is, this is, I think, a t- the tip, what we're seeing here, of a very big regulatory iceberg. And drivers in this province should be concerned.
1: I'll tell you, I was talking to a police officer today. I talked to him for about a half an hour, and he was a fairly... Um, Experienced traffic enforcement, traffic officer um, does accident collision uh, investigations, and we were discussing how bad the driving's got in the last little while. And I think, generally speaking, since the pandemic, many people would recognize that uh, people's driving is worse. I see people who look like they're in their forties driving along, uh, window half rolled down, holding their phone, mm-hmm. you know, pizza like they're eating a pizza, talking on their phone. In the middle of the day, like just with impunity mm-hmm. uh, and people speeding, nobody stops for stop signs in the, the lower mainland of British Columbia, except you and me. Um, and, and I don't even know if police officers do. Most of the time when I see them in police cars, they certainly don't. Um, there is um, something like uh, between 65 and 70 people killed every year in BC, just from bad driving, not from drunk driving. Yep. Um, and all of this comes down to traffic enforcement. We've had a different philosophy in this province. Than other provinces in Alberta um, in Edmonton, I mean, there's photo radar everywhere, and it's set at 15 or 10 kilometers an hour over the speed limit. Um, <clears throat> that's not a very good thing. It makes people very angry and distrustful of government. Also, when they know that there's no photo radar, they drive like jerks. Yep. Um, and nobody stops for a stop sign in Edmonton. Um, the um, they do stop for pedestrians, however. Um, in uh, Ontario, uh, there's police doing regular enforcement because. You know, that's the way to discourage people. In BC, the method has been really irregular enforcement, but to come down like an absolute hammer, which has basically been the reason that we've been able to have a a legal practice doing it, because people know they're going to get crushed by a traffic ticket. But in the last little while, no enforcement, no hammer. And people are driving so bad. Um, that, that, you know, they've never been great drivers in BC because they don't see uh, anybody (laughs) getting pulled over. You know, the Vancouver police have these black cars that you don't see. It's very rare that you see traffic enforcement in Vancouver. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, as a consequence, people think they can get away with it.
0: This is a very long podcast, Paul. Is it? Yeah.
1: I'm sorry, I had so many distractions there, but it's a a piece of legislation that's going to, unfortunately, occupy our minds for a while.
0: Let's... Send our listeners home with something a little bit more light to occupy their minds.
1: Sure. What happened <laughs> in a snowy place in the middle of the day?
0: This is The Ridiculous Driver of the Week. <laughs> the Ridiculous Driver of the Week. <laughs> this is a, a very strange case so this is a naked man in southwestern ontario who uh was involved in a crash in like the middle of the day like four o'clock in the afternoon in a residential neighborhood
1: again naked four o'clock in the afternoon
0: yeah um I aren't you naked at four o'clock in the afternoon no
1: <laughs> i'm in the office
0: <laughs> i'm in court i'm in the office <laughs> yeah so uh his white car, and you can, if you go to the London Free Press, you can see the video of it, uh, which includes it's on
1: YouTube, apparently. full
0: full frontal uh, nudity. Um, yeah, it's on YouTube without blurring. Ah, um, full frontal nud- nudity. So this white car comes flying around a corner um careens into the car in front of it that car goes flying into someone's front yard and then into a parked vehicle um the damaged uh white car the first car yeah, comes to a rest in a snowbank and who shall emerge from the car but a naked man (laughs) wrapped in a blanket who fucking books it (laughs) and uh he goes to uh a restaurant in a plaza Causes some sort of property damage there. It's not really clear what happened. Is
1: an assault or something? I think. I can't remember.
0: Yeah. And then comes back to the scene of the car.
1: Maybe he's gonna try and drive away.
0: Tries the, to drive away.
1: Thought the snow had melted.
0: Tries to drive away. Um he's blocked in by tow trucks. He starts ramming the tow trucks, then runs off on foot into a nearby house oh,
1: fire department tackle him or something in
0: well yes yeah um where he assaults a resident mm. and then um, firefighters tow truck drivers paramedics bystanders and police are trying to corral this guy um and eventually yeah he does get tackled by firefighters
1: look we've all been there we've all been there
0: <laughs> none of us have been there I have never <laughs> I would love to be the defense lawyer to get this file like well,
1: there's got to be something to work with him there.
0: <laughs> well, he's charged with careless driving, so let's just plead him to the careless.
1: again, in factor, he went back to the scene. Yeah. He realized, that, look, I had a collision, I've got to go back.
0: Went into the house, probably to try and find the owner of the car that he hit. Sure. Yeah, Yeah. maybe
1: maybe Yeah, <laughs> looking for the owner. That's, I oh love, my gosh, I'm I starting he- to... He's charged. Yeah, just a great defense,
0: (laughs) and he lost his clothes because he was using them to try and put out a fire.
1: Yeah, that's a bit of stretch. I think we can come (laughs) up with something better.
0: Um, Maybe
1: he was a victim of crime earlier. But like, after you're a victim of crime, you do not make necessarily the best decisions.
0: This is true, but ridiculous charges, though. Like he got charged with no seatbelt.
1: Well, it's good he probably didn't have it on.
0: Yeah. He wasn't wearing anything after all. What else? Not even a seatbelt. Well, they
1: probably wanted to charge him with like driving while impaired by drugs, but the evidence wasn't there or something. so they're just giving him the what they can: careless driving, no seatbelt.
0: Very funny. I love it.
1: Yeah, it was the beginning of March, and somehow we missed that when it came in the
0: alerts. Can you believe? Because he's charged with a bunch of traffic ticket offenses.
1: He was in in BC. He'd get a hearing.
0: He'd get a hearing with.
1: Government person. And who, he could
0: have a conference before his hearing. He
1: could be under the impression that the conference is going to be holding his hand instead of coming down on him like a hammer, yeah. as we do in B C. Yeah. Oh, well... Another week of Driving Law, Kyla Lee. Thank you so much. I enjoyed this.
0: That's our podcast. And if you need to get in touch with us, uh, you can give us a call at 604-685-8889 or find us online at VancouverCriminalLaw.com and tune in next week for another exciting episode of Driving Law.